Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. One of the persistent complaints uh, that charismatic Christians mount concerning the idea of prophecy that God speaks to us, especially has, it has to do with timing. And in the year uh, that NC4 became a church, an apostolic guy by the name of Stuart Bell, who will be here in June, um, he prophesied over this church that we would be as the sons of Issachar, understanding or knowing what the times and the seasons are. And this morning is Vision Sunday, uh, a day when we visit and identify who we are. In my segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about where we're going. Now, the general complaint about prophecy runs this way. Why does, it, why does it seem like it takes so long to come to pass? And uh, I'm here to say, uh, and to declare apostolically as well, that the future is now. The future is now. Put in another way, we as a church are now in the midst of what we have been praying for and waiting for. And back in the summer of 2018, Sandra Falkenstein, one of our own, uh, prophesied, she said this, she said, you're, you're, you're just stepping into the river. This is not the river. This is not the middle. This is not the depth. I'm going to make your ordinary days extraordinary, she said. And I'm, or God said through her, and I'm going to make your ordinary services even more extraordinary because I'm about to, in, to visit you with the fullness of who I am. We are experiencing that now. God is good. He really is. Then in November of that same year, Dwayne White, who's an apostolic and prophetic guy out of Texas, he came here and he said that NC4 in 2018 into 2019 was positioning us for changes that would take us into the next decade. Um, And Tony Miller, on on the heels of that, a a bishop out out of Oklahoma, said, You're standing at the threshold of the thing you have been praying for, but you will not enter it if you can't recognize it. Suddenly, it is a prepared thing whose time has come, something God ordained for you, and you have finally got to that moment. But, of course, leaning into Isaiah 43, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past, see I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up, Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so the issue is this. You you can't get into your next thing uh, until you've fully engaged from what God was doing. And I feel like we've turned that corner as a church. And I'm just so grateful to the Lord for that. I just, uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed at, at kind of where we are and where we're going for the sake, not of kind of, you have to be careful in stuff like this because you get what's called triumphalistic. You know, it's like, we're not doing a yay us. We're doing a yay God. Uh, are you there? I mean, that, that's kind of really important. And so I believe uh, what the Lord is saying to us as we go into 2020 is this. Not only is the future now, but God's saying, I'm providing the opportunities. Your responsibility is to prepare. And so we're going to see some opportunities coming up over the course of the next year and into the decade uh, that, that are just going to be exciting. And like, ah, this is, this is uh, kind of a lot of what I've been praying for most of my life. So the way in which we're going to do that is by pursuing three strategic initiatives 
uh, for this year. And I want to really emphasize, now watch, you've got to be careful, because when you do stuff like this, you know, we're not talking about what we're already doing. Tony just mentioned most of that. So I'm talking about new strategic initiatives, something that we're going to be doing this coming year that we didn't do during the last decade. So if you have a ministry or you're doing something and I'm not mentioning it, we're not dissing you. Is, is everybody on board with that? Okay, we're celebrating that. That's what we're doing. All right. So the first thing is we will further our reach and test our model for growth, all right? We don't believe and never have believed that establishing NC4 Mukunji was a mere accommodation to a group of people who lived there. We believe that upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, God's giving us right now a model for growth again beyond Mukunji. So it's contingent upon us to determine like the best practice for future mergers or building new campuses. Um, uh, growing the church, increasing the kingdom. That's what we're doing. And all this is to learn the best ways to serve the community and draw other people to Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. So what this involves is, is kind of change, uh, being available to change and accommodate what God's doing and adjust ourselves by being creative and by being flexible as we move forward. Uh, doing this right will help determine the legacy of NC4, and we're gonna do what we did in Mukunji again. We don't know where or how. We were at this prayer summit. How many attended the prayer summit at uh, Calvary Temple? Good, so there's a bunch of people who did. Well, they did a thing here where we, we turned to the gates of the Lehigh Valley. This, this was not a New Covenant event, it was a, a Higher Life ministry event. And, but they did a thing in there where they turned and opened the gates in the Lehigh Valley. And it was really interesting because one of the gates, the spiritual gates that they opened was the North Gate. And I was just kind of going through this little liturgy. I, I was in the, in the congregation, not up front. And kind of going through, turning, you know, swing wide, you heavenly gates, and that kind of stuff. And, and, <laughs> and I look at the North Gate, and when I looked at the North Gate, like the Holy Spirit kind of blew through me. And, you know, I don't know if that's prophetic or what, but I wouldn't be surprised if God doesn't, either during my tenure or do, during the, the tenure of the next senior guy here, you know, puts his finger on the north gate and we do something for the increase of the kingdom up uh, uh, in, in that particular area. I, I'm just saying that because it was kind of stark and, and uh, uh, kind of wonderful when God did that, okay? Now, the second strategic initiative is this. We will make disciples. Not Grubby's going to make disciples. For those of you visiting, that's my nickname, Grubby. God calls me that. My wife calls me that. So we can do. Anyway, so it's not a question of, of, of leaders making disciples. It's we are all responsible to make disciples. Last year, we piloted our emotionally healthy discipleship course. And we intend to deliver those courses. It's a group of courses, eight weeks per, per segment. And we're going to do those courses at both campuses. And over time, it's really our heart to see everyone involve themselves in a kind of like a proven pathway for spiritual growth. And we'll be training leaders in growing it. The Great Commission requires us all to go make disciples of all nations. And the and the, and the great commandment requires us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, but also to love our neighbors as ourselves. We want to, we really want to, uh, 
you know, dial that up about 10 years over the course of the next year and going into the decade. Uh, true discipleship is about equipping everyone to reach into the lives of neighbors, friends, to speak hope and life in our schools, wherever God has us and those kinds of things. So we believe that bringing this EHD course, Emotionally Health, Healthy Disciples course, into our church and making, making it a part of our culture here at, DC, at NC4, it's like a strategic move, a key initiative uh, to become, become known for those that we're sending out. And that's been prophesied over us as well. So it's important to take these classes and to integrate those principles into our everyday life. All right. The next strategic in initiative, oh, I gotta mention this too. One of the reasons that we develop disciples is to send. And this year, I know the coronavirus is, has us kind of like, oh, what are we gonna do, how are we gonna work this? But we still intend to send, at this point, four different mission teams out. We're gonna be in Peru, in the Amazon, which is where Tricia uh, kind of pioneered a women's thing last year, uh, and we'll be sending a Peruvian trip. We're hopefully gonna be going to Cameroon in West Africa in August. Uh, we're looking to go at least one or two uh, trips into Betel in England. Did you see the thing on the, uh, on the overhead? Uh, there was Kent and Mary Alice Martin who lead Betel England, which is out of New Covenant. Uh, did you see the, the, there was just a quick flash of their international headquarters? Remember we were praying, we've been praying here for, for them to be able to get enough money to renovate uh, the international headquarters. I don't know how many of you were here when it was announced. An anonymous gift came in last month for $1.5 million towards, an, completely anonymous, toward the building of, of that headquarters for the, for the eight churches in the UK. Like, whoa, God's capable of doing things that we can't even imagine, you know, that kind of stuff. So that headquarters is on the way to being renovated right now. And so, and then we're looking at a, uh, the possibility of a trip to Guatemala also this year. Um, we've added uh, Pastor Ian, and I got, by the way, we, we've been praying for, it's interesting, we're see the future's now. All these prayers are being answered right now. And so we were, notified this week that we've been praying, you know, for, for Selena to get her green card, and it's been held up and held up and held up. At, this week, we had notification from the, from the uh, State Department that her file is, is built, and it's on its way now, which we had no, yeah, we had no notification of that before. So, so hallelujah. I mean, we still have a, a road to hoe. It may be four to, to maybe four weeks to 16 weeks or something like that. But keep praying, something is happening finally. Yeah, that kind of thing. Okay, uh, third initiative uh, through competent succession planning, we will ensure the health of NC4 leadership in the decades ahead. All right, we got um, five or six key staff members. How many staff members between both campuses right now, Tony? 19, we have, so we have 19 staff members, five or six key staff members will be retiring over the next few years. And we can't wait to hire replacements to start uh, like the day after we retire, like if I retire, and I, I don't have a fixed date on that, but if I retire like Friday, we don't hire somebody Saturday, there has to be this thing of a passing on of a baton, you know, like in, in a race. 
So we have to run together for a while, and we're looking at how we could do that. Um, uh, people come, you know, people say to me sometimes, well, who's the next you that's going to be here at NC4? And Trisha hears that, my wife's up here, and she says, oh, man, we don't need another you. you know? <laughs> that's the last thing we need. Anyway, so... <laughs> So this is about more than just finding a good person to do the job. You get that? We're not a business. Um, it's about uh, confirming a calling, identifying the right culture fit. You know, every church has its own culture. And culture is a very, very powerful thing. I appreciate the fact that the Shenick um, Moravian uh, confirmation class is here because you guys are trying to understand the different cultures of different churches. And... Uh, so it's important that when we, when we bring somebody in, even though uh, uh, Pastor Garrett's there, we're all, you know, uh, Sonata, Pastor Garrett, myself, we're all Moravian alum, Moravian seminary alum, but we've gone out into churches with different cultures. So when we bring people in, they better be, uh, what's the word, able to exegete our culture and able to, a, able to also uh, imbibe our culture and then express our culture and to take on our DNA here at NC4. It's that kind of thing. And we want to ensure that what makes us NC4 special in the eyes of God co continues to exist long after old timers like me are gone. I can't believe I'm an old timer. Like I don't feel like an old timer, all right? But my wife reminds me I'm an old timer. She said, you know, I wake up in the morning and she goes, you're not a kid anymore. You know, it's like, all right. <laughs> so it takes time to equip and impart and prepare like Jesus did over three years with the disciples. So we'll have some added expenses because we'll be running some people together in ministries in order to be able to, to, to move on in a, in a really seamless kind of way. And so what we're doing is we're asking uh, your support, we're asking your prayers as we work all this out, and our hope is, is that you, we get, this isn't a grievous thing, that we get excited about it, yeah? Get some, I mean, isn't it, isn't it neat to be adding some young pastors? And now, now next week, uh, next week we'll be doing not only Eucharist, but we're gonna have an ordination of, uh, we're gonna ordain Kevin to, to be an elder here. And so, uh, Kevin Lexo, and so have he and Lisa up here. I mean, see, you wanna come, because these are momentous things. And, uh, and s slowly, our eldership is getting younger again, which is kind of like really cool, all right? Now, they're not as pretty as we are, but, you know, and, and their tastes aren't as good, you know, but, but we'll, we'll get them there. Anyway, so. We ask, <laughs> we want prayers and we want you, your support as we work all this out. Our hope is that you just get excited about this, um, this legacy, because we're passing this baton as in a race. So it is the desire of our hearts for the ministry at NC4 to reach more souls for Christ than we've ever experienced. And our, our efforts in 2020 are foundational to our effectiveness for advancing the kingdom of God in this decade. Now, you remember that God said he would supply the opportunities, remember I said that, if we'll prepare? Uh, our job is to pray to him and obey him as he opens those doors and provides those occasions so that our destiny together can be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. 
And I think that's really kind of wonderful, yeah? All right. Um, it's short and it's sweet, but that's kind of where we're going. Uh, there's other kind of neat, neat things coming up this year. We'll be doing a, a, as of Easter, we'll be doing a series. We're in the Undeception series right now, which I'm really enjoying, and we'll continue, we'll continue that over the weeks going into, uh, going through Lent and into Holy Week. But, and we'll do our regular Holy Week uh, services. We'll have our Tenebrae service, uh, and we'll have services both here in McCungie Good Friday, and of course, uh, Resurrection Day. This is a good time to begin to pray about who you invite to come to Resurrection Day service, Easter service this year. This is a good time to begin to pray because people are, you know, they have that, that sensibility that, you know, Easter's a day you should be in church. It works in our family as well. And so now is a good time to begin because it's one thing to say a month and a half out, hey, you know, for Easter this year, we were thinking it would really be great if, if uh, you came to church with us and maybe we could go out to dinner or you could come to our place for, this is a great time to introduce people to uh, the resurrection of Jesus. Our, that Sunday morning, we're going to initiate a series of messages based on the seven I am's of Jesus, his statements, I am the resurrection, I am the way, the truth, and the life, all those I am's, those seven I am's, and we're gonna take that series right into Pentecost. When we get to Pentecost, we're gonna start the power encounters again. And uh, I don't know if it'll be monthly or not, I hope it'll be monthly, where we'll just have these evenings of free and open worship and Eucharist, and we're gonna uh, just absorb the Holy Spirit, and that'll take us right into Moravian Pentecost in the middle of the summer. That's kind of exciting. So I'm looking forward to all of those kinds of things. Ah, that's it. That's gonna be good, yeah? All right, hallelujah. You know, um, before we close the service, and thanks for, you probably feel like you've been drinking from a fire hose here. Uh, but this is how Vision Sunday works at NC4. We just have to take a stop for a moment and say, who are we, where are we going? But along the lines of why we do that, we're looking to increase the kingdom, and we're looking to increase the kingdom in individual people's lives as well. So to that end, would you all mind just bowing your heads and closing your eyes, and I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. You may be here, and you know, you've, you're thinking, wow, this is kind of exciting. All this stuff is kind of going on. And, and, but the only reason this stuff goes on is because Jesus died for us and resurrected for us. And he lives for us to live an abundant life. And maybe you don't feel this morning like you're in on that. But the way to get in on that is to wed your life to our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray a prayer that would do that. And I'd ask you all to pray with me. And uh, you can just repeat after me. And, uh, and then we're going to move along. So this is the prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from anything that I know is wrong. I thank you you died for me so that I could be forgiven and I could be set free. Thank you, Lord, that you offer me forgiveness 
and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift, my salvation. Please come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. Be with me forever. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.